Welcome to the Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Karima Eames, a holistic therapist, author, and passionate seeker of truth. For the past 34 years, I've been working with people on inner transformation. I've taken my learnings and written a new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation. This book is packed with tried and tested tools and stories. And now in this podcast, we'll explore real-life client examples and how they have applied these tools to transform their lives. Come and join me if you would like to learn how to transform your life too. My guest today is Andrew. He is 53 years old, a father and a businessman. He is an ex-rugby league player and bodybuilder who has been confused all his life with being an emotional alpha male. Just for the listener to get an image because you don't see Andrew, he is the typical gladiator footballer's build, very tall and very strong looking. So hi, Andrew. I'm very excited to have you on my podcast. When people see you, they wouldn't think of you as someone who sits on a therapist's couch, sharing his emotions and being vulnerable. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and the insights you have to share with our listeners. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, Karima, and thank you for inviting me. I'm excited about uh, the conversation we're going to have. Yeah, me too. And I re- I'm especially excited because you are the typical alpha male. And I often think in our sessions, when you do the work and you become real and you feel and you're vulnerable and you're just in touch with yourself, it touches me more than other people because most people think this work is, I don't know, not for alpha males, but it is for everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I'm, certainly ben- I'm certainly benefiting from, from it and I love it. I, yeah, I absolutely love it. So can you share with the listener a bit why you're interested in doing inner work? What, how, why did you start? Um, my confusion of who I am as a person, I've always had a level of confidence and that level of confidence has often come from uh, my sporting ability or my uh, intellect as I, I am you know, I've got that intellectual side. I never really understood that emotional side. So for me, I consistently was and still am getting confused with what the physical wants to do versus what the intellectual wants to do versus what the heart wants to do. So um, the reason that I joined in with yourself was because I was struggling in my emotional state. So I knew I was out of balance with that. And in what I learned from you is that, that, that it's normal and it's accepted that I'm an emotional person and that's my strength as opposed to before is that I just couldn't, I was confused. I don't, don't, didn't understand why I had to have it. So I grew up with, I grew up in a small rural town. I grew up playing, I went to a ball boys boarding school where we played rugby league. I grew into, uh, you know, six foot two and 110 kilo uh, footballer. So for me, you know, I grew up with, you go to the pub you, and people get drunk and want to have a fight. 
Um, and then I was, my brother and I, you know, he's a, he's a bigger person than me. So we would fight consistently. And I was just like, but I don't want to fight. And is that because I'm weak? And what I've learned working with you is it's not my weakness. It's actually my strength. The fact that I didn't want to fight was I'm quite capable of defending myself uh, or hurting somebody else, but that's not what I want to do. That's not what my heart is is doing. And I would get upset even, you know, people say they don't like conflict. I don't like hurting people. Mm. I have the capability and that's what I was brought up with is that you have the capability to do that because your body shows that. Yeah. You play rugby league, you you know, it's win at all cost. Even something that came up for me recently was I'm not a competitive person. I'm competitive with myself, but I don't need to win when I play team sports. I need mm. to play the best I can. So when I played rugby league, I didn't – I was more important for me to be the best on the field for the team than it was for us to win as a team or for me to get it over top of my opposition. Yet my brother would stand there and go, no, I'm going to punch him first because I don't want him to get anything over top of me. You know, his was win at all costs. So for me, my emotional reaction was what stopped me from being like my brother. The emotional side of it, what stopped me. Now, that confused me all my life because I was brought up, as I said before, I was brought up in an environment and with a family in, you know, in a community where you had the size, you must be tough and rough. And I just want to highlight this. This is a widespread conditioning. I remembered thinking about our podcast today when I grew up. I actually learned to believe as a teenager that women feel and men don't because my father also didn't feel. And most men that I was surrounded by, the conditioning was to not feel. And mm. so for a man to accept that they are emotional beings is a big step, bigger than for women. And from mm. my experience, it's we're all the same on the emotional level. We all have all the capacity to feel all emotions. So I'm really happy that you're talking about this. Now, are there any important moments of doing your inner work that are standing out for you when you think back? Um, I've got lots of them. <laughs> Pick a few. Uh, and I've mentioned to this to you before is that my first journey into emotional um, support came via a, uh, you know, someone I met before you that was a lady and she was really good at having me understand why I reacted in certain ways, why my behaviour. So if, for example, if I was doing, um, if I was getting angry, why was I getting angry came back to my emotional position where I was at. So she taught me to understand that if I was sad, my first response is to get angry and physical and like violent, which mm -hmm. then causes me to go back into I'm sad again and it's a vicious cycle. So that was my first learning in the journey. When I started working with you, the next big thing for me which is why I call you my spooky lady. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's one of my favourite nicknames, the spooky lady. <laughs> yeah. 
because you just had me doing things that I never thought I could do. You had me, you know, being vulnerable with you was so easy because you actually allowed me to open up your techniques, your environment allows me to open up. And we often, you know, I often get blank, what I call my blackouts. I black out, I don't see, hear or really feel things and that's Mm -hmm. me protecting myself. Whereas you'll come from different angles and what I worked out is um, those different angles allow me to get in touch with my emotions that my brain wants to stop or Mm -hmm. my body saying, no, you can't go there you know, my body behaviour. So you know, that that moment for me when I sat there and had a conversation with you about a conversation between my father and mother around money eased any anxiety or worry I was having around money in mm. instant. Mm. So that was that big, this lady can help me get past those blackout barriers <laughs> and actually get me in touch with myself. Then recently, particularly in this last 12 months, because I I went through that um, separation from a partner that was Mm. very emotional and very attacking of me, I've realised I'm actually now more content because I'm actually getting deeper, you know, in opening up and being vulnerable about how I was feeling with the breakdown of the relationship and the loss of um, of the family that I thought we were creating, it wasn't about her and my angriness about her. It wasn't about, you know, it was all about me as an emotional person and that that was affecting everything else in my life and I was able to talk about those and get into areas that I would never have been able to do in the past. So for me that's, that, that's my third, you know, uh, defining moment is being able to go past the things that are so uncomfortable that you don't want to deal with. And that is one very important part because the work at times is uncomfortable, especially in the beginning when we do face emotions we didn't feel before or even blank spaces or parts that we thought were not okay. It needs courage. And you've just been really persistent and kept showing up and then you get the results. Yeah, so perhaps putting that into a direct example was um, the time that um, I was so tense and so upset and so angry um, that to the point that I... Um, threatened to put a, actually started the process of putting an AVO against my ex-partner, I was in a state that I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything. And what having a session with you, I remember the way you dealt with it was that you actually had me sit in the pain and exaggerate the pain worse than I thought it could ever be. And sitting in that Uh, I think you called it black essence at the time, is sitting in that and being vulnerable enough to sit in that under guidance by yourself. At the end, when I came out of that, it was like a big shining light. I had all my energy back. I wasn't scared of anything. I was was feeling balanced. I was feeling content and happy because I was willing to actually 
be guided by yourself in sitting in the pain far greater than the current position was. So for me, I would never have thought I'd ever do that. Mm, well, that's you know, I, my answer to that was go to the gym and do another workout. <laughs> <laughs> get it out of your system. You know, go and punch a punching bag. <laughs> get it out of the system. Yeah, and Unless sitting with emotions. Yeah. yeah, change that. This work is so much about allowing and the gentleness and not the pushing. Mm. And that's how everything opens up and you've really allowed that to happen. Like I can mm. only make suggestions. You're the one doing the work. Yes, well, your pillow's had a few punches. And <laughs> <been a> few <laughs> that's <t> true. <laughs> there's been a few tissues <laughs> used. And, there's been a day pillows. <laughs> and there was a day I laid on the floor and <laughs> had a five-minute sleep. <laughs> Okay, so let's go into some of the questions related to the chapters in the book. Now mm. we're going to start with what's the role of the mind in inner transformation? How does the mind help you or would you call your mind a friend? Um, as I mentioned before, I'm a, I am actually an intellect. I'm um, a chartered accountant. I've got a degree. I've got a post degree in chartered accountancy. So, you know, I, I'm uh, an educated intellect. Um, so for me, my skill in that intellect is, is a huge strength and it's what helps me to be in business because I've got that knowledge that I've learnt over the years. So my mind often plays tricks on me, but mm -hmm. is also my strongest strength. So having that mind there to, in being able to control that mind is very important for me because of, of where it wants to go. I could be very analytical and that's great when you're trying to diagnose a problem in a business, mm -hmm. but it's not great when you're trying to understand why you're emotionally upset. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say your mind is helping you in sessions? Um, it's often the one that tells the story. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's what. I think it's part of the wheel. I'd, I'd say, yeah. It's part of the wheel, but it's if you don't have the story. So if my mind doesn't get inquisitive and want to analyse what's going on, I, that's, I, I can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my favourite term for that is the curious scientist. Like mm. the mind has to be curious and the more scientific and interested it is and not judgmental, the easier the inner world opens up. The other part to my mind is that I'm very good at actually looking at a problem and solving it. So once I go to the curiosity, my mind automatically starts to um, jump into solution mode, mm -hmm. uh, which is excellent for solving the problem, but sometimes that's too quick. I've noticed mm -hmm. that you've often slowed me down <laughs> to allow <laughs> and allowed other parts to connect first before I try and solve the problem. So that yeah. intellectual side of me has its, it said, it, it helps me get there in both analysing but also in 
in creating the solution. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that leads to the next question, like when the mind it becomes too analytical, we have to come back into the body. So why is connecting with the physical body in the work important? You said it at the start. <laughs> you take a look at me and you think that, um, you think that I should be, you know, just imagine uh, Russell Crowe in Gladiator, you know, walking into the ring. Uh, and that's what I, you know, that physical fit, masculine, male, mm. alpha male is what I look like. So if my body stores all those emotions, my body tells me when things aren't working. Uh, and I feel that in certain pains or tension, mm -hmm. tightness. It's also a little bit like a well, you know, when, you, when you're into fitness, you have these zone periods where your body feels awesome and you just can mm. go harder than you've gone, ever gone before. And then at other times you're restricted because you're tight and you're sore and you can't, well, that in these sessions, that's what happens is that it, when we go deeper into, into the tightness, you'll often ask me, well, where, where is it coming up in the body? And wherever it's coming up in the body, it helps me reconnect back emotionally because, as I said, I store it. If I get tight in one area, I can say, oh, I'm feeling really tight in my legs at the moment. Mm, and then mm. we, it helps us open up. So using the body helps me open up into emotional states. Yeah. And in your specific physical situation, we have done a lot of listening to your muscles because you are mm. have been a bodybuilder, rugby player. You know, a lot of the stuff shows up in your muscles when they get really tight and create like an armoring. And then when it all, when you drop through, they soften again. So your muscles are a big feedback system for you. Oh, definitely. And there's days that I've gone to physios and things like that and gone, oh, this, you know, can't work out why. And then I'll have a session with you and walk out and feel like my, I don't need a physio session anymore. Mm. It's still everything's all about back into balance and alignment. Yeah. So I've worked out that my body is attached to my emotions and my emotions show up in my body. So Absolutely. Yeah, very true. Now, how would you describe the importance of the heart or having an open heart for inner transformation? Uh, it's, I describe it this way, all right, and that lady I worked with prior to yourself, she helped me with this, is that I've got three, three alter egos. I've got Andrew, who's the intellect. I've got Robbo, who's the body, which is the physical player. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got Drew, which is the heart. And Andrew can intellectually solve a problem Robbo can, um, let's just say, F the world and fix the problem. <laughs> but it's Drew. If Drew leads, the, everybody is happy. Mm. When Robbo leads, it often has me in that, like what I grew up with is I was told that Robbo had to be the person that showed up because yeah. you're in a physical world, you know. Um, uh, and I know that if I allow Andrew 
to I can be so, so insular because Andrew doesn't want to take risks. Andrew doesn't want to um, – everything has to be perfect for Andrew because that's my, my – you know, that, that's what my brain tells me. I've got to be perfect. Mm. So having Drew step in it eases those two off and says, hang on, woo, woo, woo. You know, Andrew, take a break. <laughs> we need a little bit of Robbo to have a bit of fun time. <laughs> and Robbo, don't get too carried away. <laughs> mm. So for me, that heart um, or emotional side to me, it needs to be involved. But then if it takes over completely, I'm an emotional wreck. Mm. So yeah, there's a balance, but it, it's for me, Drew, that emotional heart needs to be more involved in the process. Yeah. The heart also, when it opens, it allows us to connect with more and more parts inside and joins them up. It's a very big part of becoming whole. Oh, I know that when I'm operating from that well-balanced position, I'm content. And I get out of when I get out of tilter is when one of them wants to take over. So if I'm upset emotionally, often Andrew wants to solve the problem. Um, Robbo wants to just go party and dance on tables and pick women up. <laughs> You'll be right, just party your way out of it <laughs> or fight your way out of it, one of the two. But yeah. Drew sits there and goes, well, it, it, we've just got to work out how to balance everybody out and then you'll be content again. The art of feeling is, for me, that's the bit I've always been confused about. So for me, now it's matching that, that my feelings are who I am and if my body's... Um, if I'm feeling my emotions coming out, I'm feeling it in my body if it's negative, that it's not working for me, or that my super ego is kicking in and trying to take over. It, you know, that's me, my way of expressing my feeling. So the art of feeling, it's important to know when is, when is it a, you know, a valuable feeling or whether it's actually a, a negative or feeling so you're um yeah so the art of feeling is being able to start to work with how i'm feeling and working with that and being okay that you have these ups and downs throughout and which are the ones that i i need to actually start to work on and which are the ones is i'm just having a sad day because i just didn't sleep very well last night yeah yeah. yeah, I'm a little bit anxious because I'm really excited about, uh, you know, the job that I'm just pitched the price at, you know, the, the proposal I pitched and I'm feeling a bit anxious. And so rather than going into, oh, what have I done wrong and letting the super ego take over, I can feel it. All right, is this a normal feeling? Is it okay to feel a little bit anxious when you're going in, you know, waiting for an answer on a, a massive proposal? Mm. This is a really good point you're getting to there, like the difference between real feelings and mind-created or artificial ones that are actually not real emotions, like when the superego creates stress. Mm. And the real feelings is what you're describing. Sometimes you're sad and you need to just feel it. Mm. 
And that is yeah. part of the art of feeling to learn to discriminate what are real emotions. Because we do have sometimes what I call false emotions, where it's actually yeah. mind created or something like you mentioned before in the beginning, one emotion covering up another, like you actually said, but then you express it as anger. So all of that is part of the art of feeling. And it is an art. There's a lot to learn and lots of aspects to it. And in time, we get more and more skillful. Yeah. Definitely. Let's talk a little bit about the inner child, the younger you. Uh, the, the inner child is, has been one of the tools that you've consistently used with me because the inner child is where my behaviors started and I didn't realize. So I remember sitting in one of the sessions, and I can't remember the topic, but I just remember you said, why don't you give your 10-year-old self a hug? And how was that? Oh, it was, it was absolutely terrifying to do in regards to I just would, yeah, it just, it felt so much pain sitting there mm. have, with the 10-year-old next to me knowing the pain that they were going through. Um, and after I gave the 10-year-old a hug, I started feeling better. Yeah. So it was like it washed 10 to 50 like 40 years of pain. Yes. So, the, yes. The, yeah, just in, I remember sitting there just going, I'm not going to hug that 10-year-old. What's this silly woman tell us? <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, hang on, <laughs> maybe I need to just stop for a minute and think about this uh, and just sit with it for a bit, which I remember you taking me through some breathing techniques. And then I just went, right, I'm doing this which is Robbo taking over, right, I'm just doing this, and you know, gave a virtual hug, hug to the 10-year-old and mm. I think within two or three minutes it was like it had never happened. Yeah, this is so important because we really can heal the wounded inner child and complete what was incomplete at that age or give the child what was missing. And it's one of those miraculous parts of the work and it works and you're describing mm. that. And often in the beginning, <clears throat> it's very strange, you know, especially when a part is hurting a lot or we learn to disconnect from it to then go and hug it. It's not the easiest thing in the beginning. And mm. you did it and now you know it works. Yeah. Yeah, it does definitely work. Let's talk about places of deficiency, emptinesses or holds. How would you put that in your own words? Um, these, this is something that you and I have only just started working yeah, on. Yeah, it's new, yeah. Yeah, um, and I've just realised in this last session that we had with the whole um, emotional whole is that I wouldn't, I wouldn't let you get there early. Uh, 
Like this is not just, oh, this is a new skill you've learnt. I actually understand that there is no way in the world I could have dealt with a whole 12 months ago. Let me say something about that because this is generally how it works. First, we that's why I also ask the questions in that order. First, we need to let the mind help us to go in. Then we get more used to feeling it through the body. Then we learn to open the heart. Then we learn to feel. Then memories come up and we start helping the inner child. And after all of that, when we actually learn to feel, can address emotions, and that is hard enough in the beginning, then this deeper place of emptinesses, deficiencies opens up where we go, I have no clue who I am right now. So it's a very deep layer, very hidden, very um, avoided and repressed usually. And so this is absolutely true what you're saying. At some point in the work, we are ready and then they show up and that's what's happening in your work at the moment. You're looking at holes. I've, I've just realized I've spoken a lot about what you've been able to allow me, like you've been able to guide me through. When you get to emotional holes, you need to trust yourself. And I think that's the key thing. I've allowed you to guide me into certain spots and sometimes I haven't really trusted, you know, I've just gone, oh, I'm just going to trust Karima. I really don't think I should be doing this, but anyway, I'll just trust. <laughs> which is like hugging the 10-year-old. I'm like, I don't, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with, I now understand having worked through a couple of holes where it's, I've got to trust myself enough that I can, I can manage this because yeah. you, there's not a lot you can do when I go into that hole. Mm. That whole you, you can help me and support me, but if I if I want to fall, so my vulnerability of being able to drop in those holes now and see that is hugely important. That I've got the confidence and that, yes, and I've yes. got the content and happiness to know that I want to res- get into this part. Yeah, yeah. No matter how, and I call it a blackout. No, mm. and you know, my mind went blank. My feelings just disappeared. Yeah. Everything. Uh, so to push through that barrier, it's about my confidence and my uh, vulnerability around it. So and if I hadn't have done the work, it may have been very, very difficult to even get to that point. It would be. And your trust in yourself and your capacity to apply the tools has grown through doing it. And now mm. you're ready to navigate these most difficult places in the inner world. And I sometimes call that conquering inner territory to not be afraid of these emptinesses and holes anymore. And that's what's happening. So you asked the question what, in my words, are um, the deficiencies or holes. Mm -hmm. It's like a a piece of me has just disappeared. It's gone invisible. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. And it can even feel like suddenly your chest disappears or your genitals disappear or you got a hole in your belly or it's, mm. it's really feels experientially like there's a vacuum and emptiness. There's nothing there. That's why it's so scary for the conscious mind. Yeah. And it's, it, it is, it's, it's like I'm living it with like my last hole was in my groin and into my stomach, um, and I was like, it just was real. I was, yeah, yeah it, I, I even put my hand down to touch to make sure it wasn't physically real. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was. <laughs> Do you remember once we worked with it, what it was like afterwards or 
at the end? It's um, so the first time I did it, the I felt the hole was still there, but I felt comfortable that the like mm-hmm. I was content that the hole was there. It was like I understood why it needed to be there. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time. The second time, which was only literally last week, uh, by the time we'd finished our session, the hole had disappeared. I was whole again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I find that. The deeper that I'm prepared to drop into it, and it is the more likely I am that I'm going to resolve it for myself. So true. Like mm. you can actually, in time, learn to relax into it so quickly that you drop through in a very short time and eventually can even feel like specific holes disappear because you're right back in contact with the original lost quality. So right now, after dealing with that last week, um, we're less than a week and a half later, and I would say to you my week and a half is about me feeling content with myself, like me being 100% whole. Now, does that mean my week has been perfect and I haven't had moments of anxiety or moments of uncertainty and or feeling sad? I mean, we're in lockdown and I'm a single mm. person. I you know, I lack company from time to time, so I feel sad about that. So I've had all that happen, mm-hmm. but I just, I wake up and go, actually, I'm content. Beautiful. So you found contentment in the core of that emptiness. Mm. And that's yeah. something that's so hard to get for people before they start doing the work, but it's true. And the whole was all about, you know, not feeling worthy, you know, yeah. worthiness. You know, what's the yeah. Word? yeah, not feeling worthy. I'm not enough, mm-hmm. I'm lonely, I'm sad, you know, yeah. all, all those common emotions that you feel when in the current circumstances yeah. it makes you quite content. Yeah, and you had the courage to go into that discomfort and now you feel content. That's the transformation. Beautiful. Mm. Um, let's talk a little bit about inner guidance. What does that mean to you, listening to inner guidance or being in contact with inner guidance? Uh, I recall having this conversation with you in one of the sessions, which was that I find now what used to have me blocked in a week could be a five, ten-minute moment. Mm. And even with the whole, I had two or three days of feeling, but you know, prior to having the session with you, um, I felt really, really uncomfortable with myself. And I would say that normally used to be like months of uncomfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. So as I learn these skills and tools, I recognise certain things and I'll have a day where I'm uncomfortable or I'll have an hour or I'll have whatever. But it turns really quickly because yeah. I utilise. Yeah. So that that inner guidance is about, for me, it's about understanding and using tools to get to that understanding to be able to be comfortable to sit in the situation. It's not often about resolving it. Mm. Mostly it's just been comfortable that using the tools helps me get back to groundedness of the body, mind and heart working together. And that's yeah. inner guidance. It's allowing your body to say, okay, is this, we said it earlier there, is this, one, is this a real fear? Fear? Or is it a made-up fear by the super ego? So 
it, it's that inner guidance is that you've got to trust yourself to be able to to work through it. And if you trust yourself and you've got the tools to do it, you then you you just allow the body, mind, and heart guide itself through its journey. Beautiful. And what you're describing is very true. The more work we do, the time span we spend in a period of so-called suffering gets shorter and shorter and shorter. What could have been months for some people, a lifetime gets weeks, hours, and sometimes even shorter and some things just disappear. Mm. Great. So let's talk a little bit about true nature and the state of being whole. Often when we do the work and on the other side of it or towards the end of a session, what are some of these states that you remember? You just mentioned contentment. That's one of them. Are there any other states of true nature that you could name right now? I'm a high energy person and I don't mean that as I'm hyperactive. I'm actually a really high energy person. So I get what I call my energy back. Mm-hmm. And so I will walk out of sessions where I could take the world on. You know, <laughs> I've just, it, and so that's one is for me is energy. Mm-hmm. Um, clarity is always a big one. Sometimes in our sessions, mm-hmm. I remember several times I've had questions that I wanted to have answered and I walk out of there with clarity of knowing what to do or the direction I'm going to take. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah. Good. Let's talk a bit about this journey of becoming whole. What does that mean to you at this moment in time? I mean, we talked about many different aspects, but just your own personal definition. Um, becoming whole for me is about accepting who I am and then that was the first part of it. Now it's very much about um, who am I, meaning who is my real self? Yeah. Who is, what, who is the person that I wake up that would give me all that energy and that confidence and that clarity and that contentment and happiness. Mm-hmm. Who is that real self? And we have, I find myself is that it's never, it's never about one particular way of being because our way of being changes every day. Yeah. Um, it's about who we really are as a person. Who is it? And I think you've said it to me a few times, that's your real self. Now, that to me has been whole. Yeah. When I'm in that mode, I'm whole. That's where I'm happy, I'm content, I'm confident, I've got the energy and I've got clarity. Beautiful. Is there anything else you would like to share, Andrew? <laughs> Probably the biggest, the, the number one thing I've got from working with you, Karima, is being comfortable in addressing something that's uncomfortable in the world, meaning vulnerability. <laughs> beautifully put, yeah, being comfortable yeah. in addressing something uncomfortable, yeah. 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 So, so for, anybody that, for anybody that was considering this and doing this, I've benefited in ways that, because when you feel content and happy, you're confident and clarity and focused, all of that leads to life being fulfilled, business going well, 
you know, happy families, like all of that gets fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So the more time I spend in, you know, if anybody's going to say to it, this, this is just a part of who you are and working with that. Like we're pretty quick to go to the gym if we want to lose some weight or get fit. We're pretty quick to go and educate ourselves. But we often don't go, oh, I need to go and <laughs> go and deal with some emotional responses here and get my emotionals mm. in line and develop myself. So I'd say this is, for me, has been critical for that. To so anybody looking at it, I think it's just one of the three. Go and get your emotional self in order. So that would be then also the tool or resource you would like our listener to take away from today? Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is... The, you know, we go and get a degree or we go and get a, a take a course. You know, if we want to speak Spanish, you go and do a Spanish course. Mm. If you if you want your life to be more balanced and you want to understand who you really are and manage your emotions and be happier and more content, then come to a Karima. <laughs> or any other therapist. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> Yeah, so I think what we could say your tool then that you recommend is learn to be more comfortable with your discomfort and don't run from it. Learn to face it and ask for help and get support. Learn to be, so exactly that in my terms, I would say learn to be comfortable with being vulnerable and dealing with the things that are upsetting you the most because that for me has how I've got to been living a more content and happy life. Beautiful, beautiful. So thank you for your insights. It's so helpful to have your perspective and I hope that what you shared will encourage other men to do the work too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Whole podcast. My passion is to make this world a better place. And that starts with each one of us feeling and being well. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Leaving a review also helps others find the podcast. My new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation, is available on Booktopia and Amazon. For more information, check out my website, inneralchemy.com.au or find me on Facebook. Facebook.